Hello, Defenders. I hope you are enjoying our read-aloud of the Tale of Despero. Don't forget, you can find your reading response journal at bit.ly forward slash VDPS Project Journal. I hope you enjoyed today's reading of chapters 48 and 49 of the Tale of Despero. Chapter 48 on the Tale of a Rat. Have you ever had to hold the tail of a rat? At best, it is an unpleasant sensation, scaly and cold, similar to holding on to a small, narrow snake. At worst, when you are dependent upon a rat for your survival, and when part of you is certain you are being led nowhere except to your death, it is a hideous sensation indeed to have nothing but a rat's tail to cling to. Nonetheless, Despero held on to Botticelli Remorso, and the rat led him deeper and deeper into the dungeon. Despero's eyes by this point had adjusted quite well to the darkness, though it would have been better if they had not, for the things he saw made him shiver and shake. What did he see? He saw that the floor of the dungeon was littered with tufts of fur, knots of red thread, and the skeletons of mice. Everywhere there were tiny white bones glowing in the darkness. And he saw, in the dungeon tunnels through which Bachelet led him, the bones of human beings, too, gritting skulls and delicate finger bones rising up from the darkness and pointing toward some truth best left unspoken. Despero closed his eyes, but it didn't help. He saw as if his eyes were still open wide, the bones, the tufts of hair, the knots of thread, and the despair. Ha <laughs> ha, exactly. Botticelli laughed as he negotiated the twists and turns. Oh, yes, exactly. If what was in front of Despero was too horrible to contemplate, what followed behind him was, perhaps, even worse. Rats, a hungry, happy, vengeful parade of rats, their noses up in the air, sniffing, sniffing. Mouse! One sang out joyfully. Oh, yes, yes, mouse, agreed another, but something else, too. Soup, cried out another rat. Yes, soup, the others agreed. Blood, sang a rat. Blood, they all agreed together. And then they sang, here, mousy, 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 here, little mousy. Botchelay cried out to the other rats. Mine, he said. This little treasure is all mine, ladies and gentlemen. Please, I beg you, do not infringe upon my discovery. Mr. Remorso, said Despero, he turned and looked behind him and saw the rats, their eyes red and their smiling mouths. He closed his eyes again. He kept them closed. Mr. Remorso, he shouted. Yes, said Botticelli. Mr. Remorso, said Despero, and he was crying now. He couldn't help it. Please, princess. Tears, shouted the rats. We smell tears, Mousie, we do. Please, shouted Despero. Little friend, said Botticelli, little Despero Tilling, I promised you and I will keep that promise. The rat stopped. Look ahead of you, he said. What do you see? Despero opened his eyes. Light, he said. Exactly, said Boschelli. Light. Chapter 49. What do you want, Niggery Sow? Again, reader, we must go backwards before we go forwards. We must consider for a moment what had occurred with the rat and the serving girl and the princess down in the dungeon before Despero made his way to them. What happened was this. Roscuro led the pea and Mig deep into the dungeon to a hidden chamber, and there he directed Mig to put the princess in chains. Gore, said Mig, she's going to have a hard time learning her lessons if she's all chained up like. Do as I say, said Remorso. Maybe, said Mig, before I lock her up, her and me could switch outfits. Then we could start in, start in already with her being me and me being a princess. Oh, yes, said Roscuro, certainly a wonderful idea, Miss Miggery. Princess, take off your crown and give it to the serving girl. Pea sighed and took off her crown and handed it to Mig, and Mig put it on, and it slid immediately down her small head and came to rest quite painfully on her poor, abused ears. It's a biggish thing, she said, and painful-like. Well, well, said Roscuro. How do I look, Mig said, smiling at him. Ridiculous, he said. Laughable. 
Nick stood blinking back tears. You mean I don't look like a princess? She said to the rat. I mean, said Mysterio, you will never look like a princess, no matter how big a crown you put on your tiny head. You look exactly like the fool you are and always will be. Now go make yourself useful and chain the princess up. Dress up time is over. Mick sniffed and wiped at her eyes and then bent to look at the pile of chains and locks on the floor. And now, princess, he said, I'm afraid the time for your truth has arrived. I will now tell you what your future holds. As you consigned me to darkness, I so consign you too to a life spent in this dungeon. Mig looked up. Ain't she going upstairs to be a serving maid? No, said Roscuro. Ain't I going to be a princess then? No, said Roscuro. But I want to be a princess. No one, said Roscuro, cares what you want. As you know, reader, Miggery Sow had heard this sentiment expressed many times in her short life. But now, in the dungeon, it hit her full force. The rat was right. No one cared what she wanted. No one had ever cared. And perhaps, worst of all, no one would ever care. I want, cried Mig. Shh, said the princess. Shut up, said the rat. I want, sobbed Mig. I want, I want. What do you want, Mig? The princess said softly. Eh? shouted Mig. What do you want, Miggery Sow? The princess shouted. Don't ask her that, said Roscuro. Shut up, shut up. But it was too late. The words had been said. The question at last had been asked. The world stopped spinning, and all of creation held its breath, waiting to hear what it was that Miggery Sow wanted. I want, said Mig. Yes, shouted the pea. I want my ma, cried Mig into the silent waiting world. I want my ma. Oh, said the princess. She held her hand out to Mig. Mig took hold of it. I want my mother too, said the princess softly, and she squeezed Mig's hand. Stop it, shouted Briscoe. Chain her up. Chain her up. Poor said Meg. I ain't gonna do it. You can't make me do it. I got the knife, don't I? She took the knife and held it up. If you have any sense at all, said Briscoe, and I heartily doubt that you do, you will not use that instrument on me. Without me, you will never find your way out of the dungeon and you will starve to death here or worse. Gore, said Meg. Then lead us an hour. I'll chop you up into little rat bits. No, said Roscuro, the princess will stay here in the darkness, and you, Mig, will stay with her. But I want to go upstairs, said Mig. I'm afraid that we are stuck here, Mig, shouted the princess, unless the rat has a change of heart and decides to lead us out. There will be no changes of heart, said Roscuro, none. Gore, said Mig, she lowered the knife. And so the rat and the princess and the serving girl sat together in the dungeon as, outside the castle, the sun rose and moved through the sky and sank to the earth again and night fell. They sat together until the candle had burned out and another one had to be lit. They sat together in the dungeon. They sat and sat. And reader truthfully, they might still be sitting there if a mouse had not arrived. <laughs>